What's up everyone? Welcome to the Life Livers Academy. I'm Jamie O'Donnell and the purpose of this podcast is to connect you with the people, ideas, mindsets and inspiration to empower you to chase your dreams, unlock your potential and live life to the fullest each day. Get ready for some inspiring conversations and incredible insights from people who are out there living life, having fun and dominating their chosen path. I appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get this episode underway. Radio, really excited. Uh, I've got a fantastic guest on the show with me today. His name is Cam Calcoon. Now, Cam is an amazing man. He's he's literally the physical representation of never letting your excuses get in the way or letting other people's limitations be put upon you. Uh, Cam, to give you a quick sort of intro, Cam was born with cerebral palsy, was told things like walking and talking would be challenging for him. So despite having those limitations put on him, he decided that he was going to go out there and chase his dream of becoming a professional athlete and then later in life going on to become a professional speaker, having now spoken on stages all around the world. Uh, I've heard him speak myself. He's an absolute inspiration. He's got some amazing insights into mindset, not letting uh, adversity get in your way, and not letting negative thoughts stop you from living an awesome life. So I'm super excited to dive in and have this conversation. Cam, thank you so much for joining me, man. Oh, Jamie, thanks for having me. It's a great joy to be a part of it, and uh, thank you for your kind words about hearing me speak, man. It's really yeah, thank you. How are you doing, man? It's crazy time out there in the world at the moment. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of negativity floating about, obviously a lot of adversity, a lot of change. Um, you're a professional speaker and you've had a lot of your year um, sort of flipped upside down. How are you doing, bro? What's going on in your world at the moment? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. And yeah, a lot of change, a lot of difference, but a lot of opportunity and really just deciding on that mindset but we're going to adopt and what, how we feel that, you know. And so early on with COVID and everything that was going on in the news, I was listening to the news, you know, tuning into all this stuff. And it was pretty negative, you know. And it was real, but it was negative. And I got to a point where I felt it almost getting the better of me. And um, I thought, actually, just as I've always had, I've had that opportunity to decide what information I want to feel myself with. And so I made a real assertive effort to go through my social media, uh, choose who I was following, who I was liking, uh, and making sure I was getting more of what I want. And I, I believe in positive vibrations and positivity. It's something I've always had my entire life. And uh, that's why you and I are now doing this interview. Yeah, that, that's right, man. On that topic, like this, there is so much negativity going around at the moment, and it is—it's hard to avoid it. Like, there's—it's—it's um, it's being thrown at us on social media. Sort of, obviously, the news and everything picks up, and they want to sell negative headlines. They know that that gets people clicking in, and and even platforms like Facebook and stuff—they're purposely putting negative stuff in your newsfeed because it creates engagement. And you are someone who. Uh, has had to demonstrate a lot of mental strength throughout your entire life. Um, how how do you deal with that side of things? Like, what's your advice around not letting negative thoughts actually get in? Mm. I think I mean it's it's looking for well, what do you want? You know, and I got asked this question the other day of what do you do, Cam, when you're in a really tough, challenging situation? And I really say to myself, like. How would I want to speak about that experience? What are the lessons that I want to pull out of it? And that's very much what I've been uh, realigning my thinking with during COVID. And I remember as a kid, you know, I, I grew up in Napier and I had a tree hut and it was bigger and more gnarly than any other tree hut in the street. And when people would come over to to look at um, a day of the Calcoons and I'd look up at my treehouse and I'd look at mum and dad and I'd say things like, oh, do you really let Cam go out there? You know, what if he falls over? What if he hurts himself? To which mum and dad would respond, well, what if he made it to the top? And it's that attitude of what if he made it to the top that I've been able to embrace in my own life to, to go on and represent our country in sport from representing my country in sport, um, getting involved with a disability resource centre, 
realizing that we needed to raise a lot of money and not much time and that people paid to get inspired and if we were giving that inspiration for free, maybe they would return in the favor of donations. And so within 18 months, we'd raised enough money to build a $4 million building project. Which then went on to me uh, starting and becoming a full-time speaker. And so we do have these opportunities to not just look for inspiration externally, but really start to look for inspiration within ourselves. Because challenging times have always come up, yet we are where we are today. So what was it that we told ourselves during those times, during those breakups, during those unexpected changes that show us doing what we're doing today? Yeah, cool. So look, literally just being like really conscious of what you focus on hey because i've noticed even in the last couple of days i caught myself watching a lot of stuff on social media and and you know there's a lot of important stuff going on in the world right now and it's it is important to pay attention to it and to, to have a voice on it and things like that but at the same time you you still have to be very conscious of what you allow in and i think in general it's been a really good lesson for me over the last few days is like I need to be really conscious of that for my entire life. Like I need to be controlling my thoughts and really controlling what I let in. And um, I guess being really intentional about the way that I show up in the world, because that dictates all the outcomes that I have that dictates the quality of my interactions and my relationships and dictates the quality of my life in terms of my happiness and stuff as well. Totally. I mean, that question of deciding who you're going to be, that's not a question you ask yourself once. That's a question that you ask yourself each and every moment of each and every day. Yeah. Who am I going to be? And when I thought, you know, going into 2020, this was going to be my biggest year ever. I had so many bookings all over New Zealand, throughout the world, and in the space of 72 hours, that all disappeared, that all been taken away. And I was thinking, okay, who do I want to be in this moment? And it was about reaching out to all those clients, future and in the past, and saying, look, I know what's going on, I know how you're feeling, I can't even imagine some of the losses you guys are experiencing. How can I help? And not only asking the question, but giving them something to digest, to to then put out to their team, like making it as easy as possible to use this time to decide who you're going to be. What does that brand look like to me? And what are the opportunities within it? Not to monetize, not to grow, but to reinforce, this is my place in the world and no matter what's going on, I'm alive and I'm kicking ass. Yeah, I love it, man. I love your attitude. Hey, to give people context, can we go back and just talk about what it was like for you growing up and kind of like how you, I guess a little bit of a background to your story because I guess it's easy to focus on what you do now in terms of, you know, you, you know you've been traveling around the world and you, you do all this cool stuff and people see that online, but there's a whole background story to that, to getting into athletics, you know, the way that you grew up. And I'm really fascinated in, I guess, um, how you shaped yourself into the person that you are considering, you know, growing up with cerebral palsy and having all the limitations from doctors and, and everyone else put on you. And you were sort of told that you were going to live a certain life and you've shattered that and gone out and created your own life and done things that people told you that you would never do. Can you just give people who are listening and tuning into this, who may not be familiar with your story, just a little bit of a background? Yeah, well, you know, growing up with cerebral palsy and really, yeah, being told that my two biggest challenges would be the way I walk and the way I talk. However, what I always had was my dream. No, I always believed in my old dream. I always believed that I could live a life where I could travel, where I could entertain and where I could connect. And now as a kid, I had no idea how I was going to achieve that. But my visions, my beliefs were, you know, I remember sitting on the, the floor in assembly, you know, and sitting in a New Zealand school hall. It's pretty uncomfortable at the best of times. But, <laughs> 
to get through that, my, my imagination would just go wild, you know, and I, I'd, I'd put myself in like a fighter plane and I'd be flying around the world and I'd be saving people and I really use that creativity and why I celebrate that today is because that creativity in my mind was what was able to kind of percolate in the real world and so I realised that I was a different kid and that I had a choice to to be accepted or to be rejected and I would go up to kids. I didn't want to be rejected. I, I saw no reason why I couldn't be as popular, as enjoyed as any other kid ever school. And so I'd walk up to people and say, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd be like, oh, we're going skateboarding. And I'd be like, oh, I, I can't skateboard. You know, my, my balance isn't as good as yours. Give them a confident compliment, make them feel good. But I have my scooter, and with my scooter, I can go wherever you go. And with that, you know, the questions, they were, they were out of the window. But, 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 you know, I speak at schools now, and you see people laugh and, and niggle, especially the younger ones. But by the end of a speech, they're saying, hey, Cam, how, how do I do what you do? You're awesome, man. And it's all about being able to build connection and rapport and friendship with people. And as a kid and as a person with cerebral palsy, I feel I've been given a gift and a perspective of how do I do that as quickly as I can. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. What led you into professional sport? Was it, was it always... Was it always your dream to become a professional athlete? Like, was that something that from an early age you just went after? Or like, how did that transition from school and that and taking those first steps into sport, which I imagine was difficult with cerebral palsy, um, to actually representing New Zealand on the world stage, winning championships, traveling the world and living that dream? How did that transition happen? Talk to me about yeah, that. Well, I mean, I grew up in New Zealand and I ate Weebix, right? <laughs> <laughs> And on the back of my Weebex packet, it wasn't people struggling or having a hard life or living with cerebral palsy. It was, it was people being all blacks, people being superstars. And so that really became my inspiration, my motivation. And so I was always on the scout of what sport could I do. And now at primary school, I just gave it a go. You know, I'd grown up with a community of people who only even knew Cam as Cam, I knew them as them, and I gave stuff a go. So I played cricket, I played soccer, I basketball, I'd give it a go. Even archery, I'd give it a go, and, and we're pretty damn good because, not to boast, but some people will laugh at that, you know, a guy with cerebral palsy, shaggy, giving it a go. Again, power of imagination is, a, is an amazing, incredible thing. Bullseye. Bullseye, bullseye. That's what I aim for. That's what I got. And when I got to a point, becoming a teenager is pretty gnarly for everyone. You throw in a spice of cerebral palsy or difference or adversity, and it becomes even more gnarly. You know, mm. and no longer do you want to be the kid to to drop a catch or miss a wicket or, or lose a race or, or miss a goal. Um, you don't think that that's just part of it, but it happens to everyone. You go, well, if that was to happen to me, it would be because of having cerebral palsy. Surely mm -hmm. that's the only reason. Because these other people were telling me that challenges are going to be the way you walk and the way you talk and but your coordination isn't as good as everyone else. So you, you start believing that. And I became my own biggest bully and I... I started not doing the things that I enjoyed. I, I started worrying about what people may think and what they may say. And, and then I, I, I spoke with people and I was inspired again. And I was inspired because I always had that, I always had that dream. And there were times when it got really tough. Mm. But it was that dream that pulled me forward. It was that dream of traveling, entertaining and connecting and believing in it so much that it allowed me to see the support 
that has been on offer by people. Mm. And I think right now in this world, you know, people still have those dreams. We've got to start looking at what is that support that is on our offer. What are those real communications that I can have with people that will allow me to keep pursuing my dream? Mm. Can you give me an example of some of the tough times, like when you were in your athletic career, um, you know, before you'd sort of made it or before you before you had that belief that you were going to make it to the top in sport, can you give me an example of some of those hardships and some of those hard times where you maybe lost belief and had to find a way through? Um, what was that? What were those stages like? Yeah, so like before the sport, you know, I'm believing that I I couldn't walk properly, I couldn't talk properly, I you know, becoming my own biggest bully. And I, I received a letter from a hero of mine at the time. And he said, um, in that letter, you know, it was a two-page letter, and the words that stood out was, difference is a good thing. And when you start looking at the people who inspire us in this world, start looking at what is it that makes them different. And it may not be the way they talk or look or race, but it could be the way in which they think, the way in which they communicate, the, the way in which they present themselves. Like think of the biggest, most influential people in this world and then like what makes them different. And so when I then got to high school and there was that opportunity to have a go in the athletics day, I wasn't worried about what made me different. I was looking at, well, what is this opportunity? And the opportunity that if I really commit to it could lead to a life of, of traveling, of entertaining and of connecting. And there were coaches who would say um, at the beginning, Cam, we're not going to coach you. Go, go and um, hang out with this coach. You know, he coaches with junior athletes and that will be more um, representative of your ability. We we don't want to push you too hard. We don't want to risk things too hard. Now, I could have gone, oh, that sucks. This isn't who I am. You're putting me in a box. You're putting me in a bubble. Rather, I'd say to myself, well, now I have an opportunity to prove why that just became that person's mistake. Or not mm. even mistake, but why one day they will actually be the people that coach me. You know, if people aren't giving you what you want, if people aren't accepting you for how you want to be accepted, give them a reason to accept you and to see you for the way you want to be seen. Mm. That's all about bullying and assumption is. It's just people not knowing who they are and it's easier to make assumptions or it's easier to say things that can be perceived as bullying and then be letting that become our hang-up, letting that become our, our, like, our opposite to our growth belief, our, our fixed belief. Mm. Yeah. Was there, who, I mean, it must be so important at those early stages having the right people around you. I know that from having talked to you in the past that and heard you speak that, you know, people like doctors and stuff constantly put those limitations on you. And there's a very very um a sentence that stuck with me throughout the whole thing which is where you said people don't really understand the impact of words and the the power that words can have whether and the interpretation of those words can change the course of someone's life right and so you must did you have one or two people around you who were always like telling you that you could go on and that you could do whatever you wanted where did that belief and that 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 big dreaming come from? Was that something that you've just had or was that something that you've got better at along the way? Or is that something that was given to you by family members? Because it's quite unique to to have so much negative stuff put upon you, but to still not buy into it and to still dream so big and to still be so driven to get out there and do it. Yeah. It's a, it's a real chicken and egg situation, right? I mean, no doubt I had an incredible family awesome teachers around along the way, you know, a, a mum and dad who wouldn't just take me to the nearest school but look for the best school and best school wasn't necessarily the private school or the most high desire school but 
which Gova had a principle that would connect with this teachers, that would connect with uh, the parents, that would connect with the students, you know, and you see people who have all of that in their life as well, you know, great families, great privilege, great backgrounds, yet they go on and disable themselves more than anyone else because of the choices that they decided to make. So I was always inspired by people be it the, the mate at school who pursued excellence in and became the captain of the first 15 or the leader of the smoke-free rock fest. And so I'd start to look at these people in terms of, well, what makes these people likeable? What makes them tick? What is it about them that I could start to adopt in my own self? And that's, how, that's what got me through challenging times. That's what created who I am today. Because the way I see it, I didn't want to let other people's limitations limit my beliefs. Mm. And the doctors of the early days when they said, you know, challenge walking, challenge talking, they're only saying what they know based on the experiences that they've had. Yet I'm coming into the world as someone completely new. There's no books written about me. There's no theory. There is no theory. There is no guidebook for a family on this is how you raise a kid with cerebral palsy. So the beauty of it is that you have the ability to create that however you want to create it. And my mum and dad, I, I often ask them, you know, what decision did you make? of a point that you heard that I've been born with cerebral palsy because this wasn't part of a plan. It didn't come up on scans. It was something that happened during birth. And they said, look, we made the decision to stay true to the dreams that inspired us to be parents. Mm. Wow. So we've been able to play football with me or see me to go on and have a happy, strong, positive life. That's what they committed to. And that's what we achieve. And so for me, that's why those words, dream big, achieve more, is so powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's pretty special. Um, amazing attitude and perspective from your parents as well. And obviously they've had such a positive influence on you and, and the way, you know, the way that you've gone on to develop your own mindset and then go on to achieve everything else. What's your relationship with fear and I know that, you know, a lot of people when they have these dreams, they're scared of putting themselves out there. Particularly in New Zealand, we, we struggle a lot with tall poppy syndrome and pulling other people down. And um, I know that a lot of people put their dreams to the side because they're afraid of what other people think. What's your relationship with fear? You seem like you've just been able to go out there and just, you know, laser in on your dreams and just go after them. But do you... Do you have that fear? Like, what's your relationship with that? And, and what are your thoughts on people putting their dreams to the side and not pursuing them for the fear of what other people think of them? I, I have fear all the time, but I've been proving to myself that through my most scary perceptions have become my greatest achievement. You know, and I remember <laughs> at primary school, I, I was the first kid at school to... Take a, take a girl out on the date, you know, and it was, it was the best looking kid at school, you know, but I, and my heart's racing and I went up and, you know, I, I believed that I could do that. I knew I was funny, I knew I was cool, but at the end of the day, I also knew that I was the kid with cerebral palsy and that there were 300 kids around me who didn't have it and, man, yeah, why wouldn't you pick that person instead? But I went up and, you know what, she said yes. And we went up and as, you know, eight-year-olds, we were into Pizza Hut and we were into playing mini golf and it even became a double date with my mate and, and that was good fun, you know. And then I, I, I get older and I, I, I get into school athletics and putting my name down for the 100 and 200 metres and my, my heart is racing and I... I lose the race. I don't come anywhere near the finish because I didn't go to school with other people with cerebral palsy. I, 
I grew up in a mainstream school, which is what I wanted to be. And, um, you know, two years later, I'm at the Australian Junior Paralympics winning gold. And for the next seven years, you know, supported by people like Sir Peter Snell, training alongside some of our great athletes who are still competing today, you know, Dame Valerie Adams, we were 15 year olds, you know, going to these events together and been speaking, you know. Speaking was my biggest fear because I talk funny, you know. There's more people were scared of speaking than they are of dying and I was one of those people. And my very first speech didn't go to plan at all. In fact, I, I sneezed halfway through my speech and I'm not talking about just the little sneeze that you can disguise. I'm talking about a full-blown snot all over the microphone. <laughs> oh, no. And it could have been an opportunity to give up, to be like, that's an experience, that's a risk, but I never want to encounter again. Yet it's become a beautiful story that has now recent, you know, connected with people from eight years old to 88 years of age all over the world. And so I believe that every single person has a dream, every single person has belief about what they can do, but we let our perceived realities get in the way. And look, some of these perceptions are pretty real, but so is the perception of having a speech impediment and a physical impediment. Yeah, yeah. It's about just not letting it stop you, right? It's about just, I think one of the things that you touched on earlier when you were talking about playing sport was just that you were just prepared to get out and just have a go. I don't want to get to this end of this life, whenever that may be, and think, man, what would have happened if I'd done that? Mm. Why didn't I do that? Oh, because I'm worried about what people might think, you know? Like going to the gym, you don't know you need to go to the gym all made up and just doing what you're good at. Go and, and challenge yourself, you know? Find all these, these opportunities all around us all the time where we get to challenge ourselves, you know? A few years ago, I started getting into bungee jumping and skydiving, and that, that led on to me climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and the cool thing about these things is they can be achieved in a quick amount of time yet you go through all the processes that you go through when you're looking to achieve a long-term goal and most of my goals are really long-term you know to to get to the highest platform and when you go out there and seek some moments that allow you to experience straight away that that scary thing can totally change your perception. That's where excellence comes from. Mm. Yeah, that challenge and playing outside your comfort zone is such an important part of not just growing, but also being happy, I think, as well. I think when you're sitting inside your comfort zone all the time and you're not you're not pushing and trying to strive to reach your potential, it's very hard to to have genuine happiness and, and joy within yourself because you know that there's so much more that you could be tapping into. And what I'm hearing from you is that you've just constantly pushed the envelope. You've constantly played outside your comfort zone and you've, you've really built that into a, into a muscle, I guess. It's like going to the gym and doing the repetitions. Like You've put yourself out there and you've put yourself in uncomfortable situations and that's just become a muscle that you're very good at flexing now. Yeah, well, and because you do, just like when you don't flex something for a while, you start to feel pretty heavy. You start to go, oh, this life isn't very rewarding, you know? And there was that time, I, I keep going back to that time of doubt, even though it was when I was just a teenager, you know, it was 20 years ago or so now. But you keep going back and going, oh, I don't want to experience that again. And last year when I went up Mount Kilimanjaro, and it was just a year ago today that we started, we five days up, two days down. And I'm climbing up with these people who are billion-dollar companies, performing with people like Pink and Sue Elton John or leading amazing charities, um, collecting antiques for the rich and famous in America. And... I asked all of them, you know, what got you to the level of success that you've got to? And they all responded with pretty much the same answer 
with the theme being at a point of getting comfortable, we challenged ourselves further. Mm. And I remember speaking in Wellington a few years ago and a guy came up to me and he was like, Cam, I don't think I'll ever achieve anything great in my life. This is a middle-aged man who had the batch, the BMW and the boat. He said, I don't think I'll achieve anything great in my life because I'm comfortable with comfortable. And my response to him was, well, but what got you to the point where you could have the batch, the BMW and the boat? And if you're comfortable with comfortable and you're content with it, don't diss it. It's a great place to be. But also look at it and go, well, what do I want to be doing to challenge myself with? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't need to be facing adversity in order to challenge yourself. There's mm. some people, again, it's a perception, go, oh, well, the adversity must be the fuel to achieving excellence. What would Cam be doing if he didn't have cerebral palsy? That's the million-dollar question. We don't know, but we have things that influence us, and it's a combination of stuff mm. that makes us who we are. And a dream is, is at the core of it. Yeah. So what's your advice like for anyone out there who is feeling like they are lost? And, you know, I guess now's a time where people are having to rethink a lot of their dreams and, you know, people are, it's kind of like for a lot of people, the slate's been wiped clean with COVID-19 and with the state of the world. And it's a great opportunity to be thinking about what you want to build for yourself moving forward. What's your advice on setting goals and dreams and dreaming big, but not so big that you paralyze yourself where you don't believe that you can do it or that you don't take action. Do you have like a formula or steps or what's your advice around goal setting and actually creating those dreams for yourself if you don't know what it is? Yeah. So you can look at dreams in different ways. You can look at it of who do I want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a radio DJ. I want to have a podcast. Or what I did because I was tired of all the things I couldn't be, I said, well, what do I want to do? And I want to live that life where I could travel, where I could entertain, where I could connect. And so then it was about when opportunities came my way, how do I take the boxes of who I want to be? You know, and so athletics was traveling if you got to that point, but you had to get to that level. So that became a great motivator. Sport is entertaining, you know. We'd be in stadiums that would be, could fill 20, 30, 40,000 people at the very highest level. And then when speaking came along, it was an opportunity to travel, to entertain and to connect, connect with people, connect people with inspiration. And so those, for me, were the things that drive me. Mm. And that if a, if a dream doesn't exist anymore or if the motivation's not there, is that dream really true to you? Is it real? Or are you just saying this is the goal because that's a good thing to be saying right now because everyone else is doing it, you know? Don't follow the leader. Be you. Be different. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a great way to frame it up is that um, rather than your dream to become, you know, like a doctor or to become something like that, because I guess a lot of the time with those types of dreams, your identity gets caught up in it. And then if you don't achieve it or if circumstances come along and then that changes, you feel like you lose yourself in that. But like when you have those pillars or those values like entertaining and connecting, the dream can change and be dynamic and you can find other ways to fulfill those dreams if one doesn't work out or if circumstances don't permit, you know. So that's a really cool framework. Because no, we don't know what's going to happen, right? And, and we change and especially when you, you know, sport. We probably get into sport when we're in our teenage life and, and yet we've got this whole life ahead of us and things change. And I remember getting to the point in my athletics where I actually didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. I had enough. I, I was satisfied with what I achieved, but I never wanted my competition to be determined by the abilities of my cerebral palsy, rather governed by 
who I am as a human being. And so, well, I could have had the dream to go on and be at the Olympics. That wasn't my dream. That wasn't what was motivating me. So I started looking at different dreams that led to mentoring and speaking. But making the choice was really scary because everything in my life had come, I perceived, because of my sport. So mm. my social circle were my fellow athletes, my coaches. I've gone out and spoken to people and told them, told hundreds, thousands of people that I wasn't going to stop until I was number one in the world. Now I got to number four and number five, but I, I hadn't got to the number one. And so I had a point of not wanting to do that anymore. How would people perceive me? Would I be a quitter? Would they support stuff if I said, now this is what I'm going to do? So I went and met with a mentor. I believe in mentoring very much. Mentoring to give, mentoring receive is a massive way to grow. I told him what was going on. Now, this is a mentor that I met because of my sport. He owned a gym. He gave me gym membership. He'd probably given me thousands of dollars of stuff over the years. And I said to him, I... I, I don't feel this anymore. And I think what helped is it wasn't just I want to quit. I now know what I want to do. Mm. And what he said to me was so powerful. He said, Cam, people support you for who you are, not what you, what you be, not what you do. And at that point, I just went straight to the coach. I said, Here's my shoes. I'm never going to wear them again. This is what I'm focusing on. And all that, yeah, and, and life, life stepped up. What was it like when you made that transition to becoming a speaker? Because that's a, A, it's a very, very competitive thing to do. B, like you said, public speaking terrifies most people, particularly uh, if you've been told that, you know, you're not going to be able to speak well or that you, you talk funny. Um, what was that? I guess what are the key attributes? You've been able to create success in sport, success in speaking. You've been able to go against the grain. If you were to identify what those key attributes are that have made you successful, what would you say they are? Uh, the opposite to what people think the biggest challenges would be. So when I started speaking and I said, look, I'm going to become a full-time speaker, there was support. But there were people saying, oh, Cam, you talk funny. And there's not many full-time speakers in New Zealand. There's lots of good speakers, not many of them are full-time. And so I looked at that and I go, well, my opportunity is that I talk funny, but instead of seeing my speech as an impediment, I'm going to see it as an accent because people like Michael Schumacher, you know, you'd listen to him after running a race and being such a hero and he had such a thick German accent, but he was difficult to understand, yet people all over the world would tune in to hear what he had to say because this guy was champion. He knew what he was going to say. He knew those words inspired people. The other one was there's not many full-time speakers in New Zealand. Great. I have an opportunity to create that brand around myself. And so that's very much what I did. I went out there, I decided what I was going to do, and I just went out and, and I did it. I set my goals, you know, I, I got on the phone, I got out of a comfort zone, and, and I always got, even as an athlete, my favourite days of training were the worst days when it was wet, stormy, and cold, because if you can get through that, you can get through anything. Mm, yeah, I love that attitude. You can get through the rejection of people saying, Cam, no, sorry, we, we don't understand your message. Uh, this is, you know, we're, we're not after a disabled speaker. We had one of those last year. If you can get through that and start to really figure out your, your strong place, your, your point of difference, you can go anywhere. And so, you know, 17 years ago with those first speeches and for the last five years, it's been a five full year, full-time lifestyle. Yeah, and you've, you've, you've had some crazy success with your speaking. I mean, you've spoken all around the world. I think uh, 
Last week you were supposed to be, or you were booked to be speaking in Hawaii in front of 25,000 people from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it about speaking? I know that you talked about the connection and the entertainment and so obviously they're the reasons that you love speaking, but what does speaking give you? Because you have a platform and you, you get an opportunity to connect and share your message. It's, um, I think speaking is something that a lot of people would like to be able to do or it seems like a glamorous thing, but what, what is it that really attracts you to speaking? life in reflection on where I am today because a big part of it is that there's been people along the way who have shared small words that inspired big actions and those were the words I chose to hear over the words that were telling me everything I didn't want to hear. Mm. And I've seen it. I've felt reflect the effect of people inspiring and I wanted to be that person. And that's why I do what I do. Small, you know, they say actions speak louder than words, but small words inspire big actions. But small words that got me becoming an athlete when other people, even myself, saw walking as my biggest challenge. It was small words that saw me becoming a speaker when I was sure it is a challenge and, and it's become a, 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 a six-figure-a-year business taking me all over the world. And there were small words that last year got me out of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I love it. What was that like? What was Mount Kilimanjaro like? That seems like a crazy adventure to go on uh, for anyone. <laughs> That's out of a lot of people's comfort zone. What was that like for you and what did you learn from challenging yourself in that environment? Yeah, it was definitely pretty gnarly, you know, it's a year ago today that we went up there and you're going up and it's minus 10, minus 5 degrees and never done anything like that before. Like even in my walking training before, the biggest walk I did was we did a Tongariro crossing just for fun, but the rest of it was just walking around Takapuna Beach up in Auckland. <laughs> and so... Getting on the mountain, we, we flew for 24 hours before we got there. We had a 12-hour sleep and we got straight into it. But we had no other distractions and therefore we nailed it. We got to the top. And it was tough when you're up there and people of all different abilities climb Mount Kilimanjaro. There's an other New Zealand speaker with no legs, Tony Christensen, He's made it to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. That is still, you know, for the guides taking you up, they're still challenged by this perception of someone who's physically different. And so on day two, they were kind of pulling me and pushing me, and I said, look, I can do this. And even on the final night, you know, you, you start the final ascent at 10.30 or 11.30 p.m., and they said, Cam, we, we don't think you'll, we think you'll need more time. So we're going to make you start at 10.30. And I'm thinking, dude, how much more adversity do you want to give me? Like, <laughs> I'm getting an hour's less sleep than everyone else. But we started climbing and I met my guide and I got to know my guide pretty well. And he said, Cam, you want to make it to the top before the rest of your group, don't you? There were 20 other people in our group. And I said, look, most of these people are here because of a decision I made, a decision to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, realising it's something I've never done before. How was I going to stay inspired? Write an invitation. That invitation somehow got to these 20 people they were all there. I'd had my really tough days and I knew some of them were going to have their toughest night tonight. And I want to make, I want to, I want them to know that I'm just in front of them. And my guide, he looked at the moon, it was a beautiful full moon, and he said, Cam, turn off your torch. He said, they don't need to see where you are, but you can see where they are because they all have their headlights on. And we got up there, we left, we ended up leaving half an hour before the rest of the group. We got up there 45 minutes before, before they got there. And wow. it wasn't about beating them, but it was about 
knowing that I could be there to see the looks on their faces when they'd all achieved something that, again, none of us had it on our bucket list. But we all said yes to the opportunity and saying yes to the opportunity, you know, it's no surprise that these men and women are as successful as they are because mm-hmm. the people who say yes, you know, lady working for Sir Richard French and, you know, people owning incredible meat companies, like they give you because they say yes and it's simple. And I think sometimes we can be scared of how simple our choices really can be in order to create that really awesome life. Mm. What are some of the things that you're most proud of? You've done so much. You've achieved so much against, um, you know, what other people have told you. You've just, you've had a lot of awesome experience as well. And you talk about going out and doing fun, thing, fun things like bungee jumping and skydiving and doing all this stuff. Like you're a guy who's out there living, which yeah. is why I'm so attracted to you. You know, like your, your attitude, it's infectious. What are you most proud of? Proud of every every time I step up on that stage and speak. That's what I'm most proud of. Because it speaks for itself, you know? It speaks for itself. Yeah. I, I, I walk around and, you know, people go who don't know me, oh, what do you do as a job? Oh, I'm a speaker. Oh, bless you. That's so sweet. That's cute. You know, or, or um, you know, walking into a shop and people putting you in a bracket of not being able to afford this or you must be a beneficiary or, you know, I've had all that. People making assumptions all the time. And it's pretty cool when you know that at the end of the day you've got a business with as well, a business that can make it through some of the challenging times that the world has ever seen. And how you got there was because you've got a vision and you're prepared to keep stepping outside the comfort zone. And the beautiful thing about this time is it's reminded us all, do we love what we do? Do we not? Do we want to change? Do we want to change direction? What, what, what is it about what we're striving towards? That's maybe not going to plan but we can just reroute, you know. Right now, life sounds and feels a little bit like those books, Choose Your Own Adventure, you know. The story is still in there. Every story is still between those covers of our book and those covers of our life. Yet, we might just take a different adventure for a little while. I was supposed to be speaking with 25,000 people in Hawaii. Almost 25,000 people I was moving to Los Angeles to start a whole new chapter over there. Coronavirus came, comes along, that, that event gets taken away, before all the opportunities to leverage from that get taken away. America's not necessarily the coolest place to be right now, and even if I wanted, wanted to be there, my, my visa application was unable to be completely finished. So I go at first, my year's been turned upside down and this is not what I wanted. Yet, if I go, what was the theme behind 25,000 people, behind speaking and moving to the other side of the world? The theme was about recreating an aspect of a business, growing it. And so can I continue that theme into a different area to achieve another outcome so that at the end of the year you're not looking back going it wasn't the year I wanted it wasn't as big as I wanted because of this reason right because those are all you know I can't do this because of my school I can't do this because of my family I can't do this because I haven't got enough money whatever it may be or do I want to look back and go you know what we still went massive but it was just different. And so that's what's going to be experimenting with more online stuff. Yeah, so you're just constantly looking for the opportunity. And do you have down days, though? I mean, like when, when your world's turned upside down like this this last couple of months and everything that you've planned and your dream to move to LA and speak on this big stage all gets taken away overnight. I mean, 
you sound like you're just positive, but like, do you have down days? And if you do have those down days, which I'm sure you do, how do you manage the days that aren't good? Yeah, man, like there's down days, that's life, you know, life is, is a roller coaster, especially doing what I do, you know, you're, you're in front of an audience of a thousand people, you get a standing ovation, you're high, 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 you go back to your room, there's no one there, it's quiet, it's lonely, you know, so within minutes or hours, I'm used to that real up and down, and it, and it goes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier of how would I want to speak about this moment that's happening right now? What is the decision? What do I want to feel myself? And now during COVID, I had a really, really big down, like a, a time where I was like, I am not proud of this moment right now. And in fact, I, I, I got on the phone and I, I was calling out for for a bit of help, you know, in terms of professional. And I was like, what's going to turn me around right now is, is surrounding myself, surrounding my thoughts with the people that I aspire towards the most. Mm. You know, and so at that point, you know, I... I jump in the car and no longer would have read the radio. Every time I jump in the car, it's Tony Robbins and no one else. Because I just want to get clear on this is a guy who lives a life that I'm inspired towards. Not in terms of wanting to recreate or be who he is, but just, man, he gets some epic results. And that's what I'm working on. You know, we know what we're doing is wrong or not fueling who we want to be. And we can focus on that. We can dig on it. We can be talking about it. We can be looking for all the scenarios for why we created that one moment that we didn't like. Or we can really remind ourselves that we didn't like that moment. Who do I want to be? And, And start making sure that, that reroute our destiny in our path. Yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. I think one of the most powerful things that I've learned, I actually was at Brendan Bashab, one of his programs uh, around high performance that I was doing, and he talked about goal setting. But in that module, he said, you know, people are always setting goals and they like to do, they like setting to do lists. It's like a bunch of things that you want to do, and that's pretty much the generic term for goal setting is write down what you want and then go and get it. And he's like the problem with that is is that to get to a goal that you haven't got you have to become someone that you've never been and very few people are setting goals for who they need to become in order to achieve what they want and so one of the challenges was to every day you know sit down and just be very clear and about how you wanted to show up and set goals for the for your intentions for the day for every relationship and interaction for how you were going to show up in certain moments and so that when those moments came you already understood and you'd already made a plan for how you were going to show up and who you were going to be. And you'd also started to focus on who you needed to become in order to achieve what you wanted to achieve. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is like, it sounds like you've got a real high level of self-awareness and how you need to show up and the standard that you hold yourself to in terms of how you're going to show up in the world. And I think that's really powerful. And just asking yourself that question of how would I want to speak about this moment or how would I want to be remembered or how would I, how do how does this moment fuel my dream? Mm. And what's also really important is having those really real conversations and realizing that entrepreneurship, leadership, innovation, creating stuff, high performance brings high pressure. High performance, we still, you know, I, I went, I did some vibe training the next day with someone who used to work with people who were in a lot of high performing jobs. And I told him what was going on. And he's like, you know, that like 90% of the people I work with experience that as well. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, cool. Because I thought that was just me. And that, that was actually because I thought it was just me and the way I was wired, that was fueling that side of me that I didn't want even more so. Mm. 
Yeah, it's it's important to cover that as well because you know a lot of the, I guess in the personal development industry, professional speakers and stuff, and and with Instagram and everything, you see the best of everyone's lives, right? And people are always talking about the positives and and how they got here and how they did that. But it's important to acknowledge that with without the the lows, there are no highs, and without the highs, there are no lows, and like you. you it's inevitable that you're going to have those times, particularly with everything that's going on at the moment. I think that's really relevant. What, are, just to, to give context, like what are some of the, what's the toughest time that you've had? Like are there moments in your life where you haven't had that hope and that positivity and you've really been down on your knees and what, what are those moments for you and how did you navigate that? Yeah. So, um, going back to about moment as a teenager, you know, there were times where, I thought about like ending it all and not 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 being around. And what never what pulled me through was communicating with people, talking with people, letting them know what was going on, um, and and having that dream. And again, at that point, as we said earlier, the dream wasn't who we want to be. It was, what did I want to do? So I had no idea what I was going to be, but I didn't want to miss out on that. And, and don't, don't, don't think you don't have a dream because it's too hard or no one else is doing it. Like that thing that lights you up is so important, even if it's the dream is that I want, you know, that sounds silly. I want to be able to entertain all over the world. Oh, no, don't. Don't doubt yourself on that because that is what's going to make all the help and support make so much sense. So when I got that letter from Jeremy Wells, which is difference is a good thing, I, I, I listened to that because it was fuel to make the dream happen, you know. Mm. Right now, you know, when, when we were in moments of frustration, during COVID because, you know, as much as you're saying this isn't having a bad effect, it's still, it's still, it's still like, um, it's still a big change that you weren't prepared for, you know, and naturally these things, so maybe you react, you'll become a bit more jumpy than you've been before. But then having that inspiration from other people of going, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to do never come to this place again, you know, learn from our mistakes and if we're in a position to be able to learn from our mistakes, well, then that's the greatest gift that we've ever been given because sometimes people take a mistake just one too far. You know, I was listening to the speaker, you know, meeting with the speaker and she had to phase and I'm not taking this from her, but it was so good of now is not forever. Right? And... Mm. No, it's not forever. I had friends when I was at primary school, you know, who didn't make it past 10 years of age for a variety of reasons, you know, horrific or illnesses. And, um, you know, you look back and go, man, they never even got to experience what life was like as a teenager, let alone have the ability to create what they wanted to create. And that's the amazing thing about a human race, right, is we all come in and yet people have the expectation that we'll be happy and be educated and, you know, have a good life. But there's no real expectation in terms of how great we'll ever be. That's something that we all have the ability to create for ourselves mm. and decide what the greatness, what the excellence looks at. Mm. If you were to leave people with sort of three key bits of advice or three things that you've learned over your life that have helped you the most, whether that's, you know, bits of advice or things that you've spoken about on stage that have had the biggest impact on people, if you could sort of be remembered for three key things, what would those things be? Right now it would be, um, you know, as a sprinter. Yeah, I had to say, you know, start off every race on your mark, Guess yet, go. And and on your mark is about turning up, turning up for every opportunity you're presented with in life. Science is helping you turn up, 
you know, you, what you're going to get, you're going to work hard, you're going to sweat, it's going to be painful, you're going to have another speaker. But when you don't turn up, you don't know what you're going to miss out on. You don't know where that moment, those words, that action could be the difference between your life changing completely. So turn up on your mark, get set. Get set is about not letting anything get in your way, you know. And the start of 100 metres, a cone might blow across the track. Something may happen in our life that we weren't prepared for, yet you're so focused on what finish line, but that's where you're going to go and you're going to get there faster than ever before. And then when it's go time, it really is time to go. The gunning's going to explode and you want that to give you a shot of adrenaline and not stop you in your tracks. And so that's about deciding who you're going to be. We spoke about this earlier. It's deciding who you're going to be in each and every moment of each and every day. And ever since I was that kid, I decided that I wanted to live a life where I could travel, where I could entertain, and where I could connect. And, you know, today that looks different, but I can get to the end of the day and go, did I travel? No. But I recorded a podcast that enabled my voice to potentially go all over the world. So my voice did travel. Did I entertain? I didn't entertain to the level of which I imagined of stepping up on a stage and getting people laughing and crying. But but I entertained through sharing a smile with one other guy and that smile might go out and influence tens of thousands of other people. And did we connect? Absolutely, we connected. So it's like, um, yeah. That's the power of it. Yeah, I love it, mate. I love it. Hey, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I, Like I said to you earlier, I heard you speak and you had a big impact on me. The time that I heard you speak, uh, I was having a moment where I think I just had a business failure and I was a bit down on myself and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and my brother actually got me a ticket to come along and hear you speak. Uh, and, you know, like from that moment of... I couldn't shake the, just the attitude and, you know, you shared your story of having all these very legitimate adversities put in your way and, and these very real excuses that you could have brought into and the fact that you didn't, that you kept dreaming, that you, you know, went on to do everything that you were told that you couldn't do really, really inspired me and um, I know that you're someone who's very driven to serve other people and, you can, you know, you're giving up your time here to have a chat and to share your message with people. I know that during lockdown, uh, you've been so busy creating new programs and working out new ways that you can get out and serve people. And I just really admire your, um, I guess, your attitude towards life and your, the fact that you just don't let excuses get in the way. But I really just love the fact that you're so driven to help other people as well. And um, I want to say thank you again for jumping on and, and connecting and sharing your story with me here. Um, but I just, yeah, I really hope that this next phase for you is is a positive one. And I know that the way that you approach things, it will be because you don't let anything stop you. And I'm sure that out of all this COVID with your business and everything being turned upside down, you're going to come back bigger and better than ever. Well, I, you know, I remember a, a, a quote and a friend of mine saying, like, our success in life isn't determined by what we achieve individually, but how we learn from our experiences to move, to connect and to inspire the lives of others. And that, in reality, that's something that we all have the opportunity to do mm -hmm. each and every day. You know, yeah. walking down the street, you can, you can move, connect and inspire people. You know, be unforgettable for the contribution you make to the life and the day of someone else. Yeah, I love it. So, Thank you for coming along. Thank, thanks for those words. Thanks for deciding that this would be a, an awesome podcast for, for your community that you're building and, and the ability and the technique that you have to be able to withdraw the story. Because uh, that's, a, that's a big part of it. Mm, yeah, no, I love it. I love connecting. I'm, I'm really enjoying the podcasting. And obviously, from a selfish perspective, I get to connect with some amazing people and have these conversations. So I love that. But hopefully sharing that out uh, has a ripple effect. And, you know, the ideas and the mindsets that people are sharing um, 
help people, you know, get out there and chase their own dreams and, and live a better quality of life. That's the goal. Yeah, uh, awesome stuff, Lynch. I look forward to seeing it grow. And uh, yeah, last question for you, man. What does it mean for you to? What does it mean to live life to the fullest? What does that mean to you? Uh, living life to the fullest is about anything that's changed. I wonder what what would be like. <laughs> Give it a go. I love it. That's the perfect way to end. Cam, you're an absolute legend. I've loved chatting with you, man. I really appreciate your time and uh, we'll look forward to chatting to you again in the future. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. There you have it, guys. That was my interview with Cam Calcoon. What an amazing guy. Like He's got such a good attitude and perspective on life, but I guess the thing that I really took away from that is he's someone who's faced genuine adversity throughout his entire life and he's never used it as an excuse to not go out there and achieve what he wanted to achieve or to go after his dreams. So I think there's huge value in that episode. Um, you know, lots of insights around not letting other people's limited thinking limit your own life. So I hope it added value to you. If you did find value in it, please take a moment just to share it out with as many people as you can on social media. I think it's really good to get that type of content in the right ears at the moment, given everything that's going on in the world. Uh, and I highly recommend that you follow Cam on social media. It's at Cam Calcoon on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, and just a little favor from me, if you are enjoying the podcast in general, please do me a favor and just drop a quick review on whatever platform you're listening on. That just helps the podcast grow and reach new ears. Uh, Thank you so much for your attention. Really enjoyed bringing you that conversation and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode.